0: Faith in Jesus was shown in how she handled her belongings. Lydia, in Acts chapter 16, she says, if you think that I'm faithful, then you should stay in my house. In other words, if you think I'm full of faith, if you really think I believe in Jesus, that will be shown in me opening up my house to you. God's generous gift of salvation through His Son makes every recipient of that gift generous. Chapter 4, verse 32. The full number of believers were of one heart and soul. We've heard that kind of language applied to marriage, one flesh. I do think God wants us to believe in the church. We belong to one another. And therefore, that will affect how we handle our belongings. So a few weeks ago, one of my sons came up to me, and he he just kept kind of nagging me about making some money. He said, Daddy, when can I start my car washing business? Daddy, when can I start mowing lawns? Daddy, uh, can I start refing soccer games? Um, Can I uh, start selling baked goods? And I I finally asked him, why all of a sudden are you so concerned for this? And I was really humble. I assumed that there was something he saw that he wanted or whatever, and he wanted to save up for it. I was really humbled that he then let me know that he had overheard me and Kelly in conversations where we said we, would, we were probably going to need to replace my car soon. And, and so he has this mentality. I belong to you, Daddy. And you belong to me. And so your needs are my needs. Love does this. Love moves us to give. And a sign that we know the love of God is that we have this mindset. That we have this mindset when you think of those things that belong to you. This doesn't belong to me. I belong to them. And they belong to me. So that we look at one another and we say, Your need is not your problem. I will not leave you. I will not forsake you. You will never have to carry anything by yourself. This is the beauty of the gospel. It's true. It's powerful. God's promises to his people are experienced through his people. When God makes promises to his people, he means to fulfill those promises through his people. We see still as part of a summary of verses 32 through 35 that when you have no owners, when you have a mindset of there's, there's no owners, then that leads to none needy. No owners leads to none needy. We are to have one mindset, one heart, one soul, one mindset. It's more than a mindset. It's more than a mindset. When it comes down to it, what they actually do with what belongs to them is they have everything in common. Verse 36, thus Barnabas. Thus Barnabas. Look there, 36 and 37. And this could be kind of a, a summary phrase for just how all the Christians dealt with their belongings. Barnabas brought to them what belonged to him. He brought to them what belonged to him. Barnabas then is just this one example of the full number of Christians. I think um, uh, he, is, he is kind of set out for us as an example because He's going to be really important in the rest of the stories. He's, we're introduced to this important guy who, who's going to go on and, and, and we're going to continue to see evidence that he really is a, a, a believer, an exempl, exemplary believer. Now, the next example is Ananias and Sapphira. And, and they don't approach their belongings in the way that the full number approaches their belongings, which the point is they're not in that number. They're not in that number. So when I heard that phrase, I couldn't help but think of that song. uh, Oh, how I want to be in that number when the saints go marching in. And they're not in that number. Anyone who lives and, and believes like Ananias and Sapphira are not in that number. And I've wondered as I see the apostles name Joseph Barnabas because he's so encouraging, I've wondered. If the apostles had the opportunity to name me and they based their naming of me on how I treat the members of Redeemer Church, I wonder what name they would give me. That may be a good question just to apply this afternoon as you're thinking about this passage. What an encouragement Barnabas was. Even just in this passage. If the apostles named you based on how you relate to the members of Redeemer Church, what name would they give? Let me clarify. What we're looking at is not communism. I don't just say that as an American capitalist who prefers capitalism. I say that as a Christian who wants to read the Bible well. So the reason I say that is not because I'm any kind of patriotism. And if you uh, are just patriotic and you just like hearing that or whatever, then um, remember this comes from the text, right? Um, How we view our stuff has to come from God, not America. America. I say that because Jesus said, you will always have the poor among you. Jesus is the one who said, you will always have the poor among you. He does not say to disciples, make sure there aren't any poor by everyone. Exact, you know, They're not being any rich and there's no disparity whatsoever. He said, no, that, that, there will always be the poor among you. And in our passage, it's clear that some are identifiably wealthy and others are identifiably in need. As the kids say for a minute. That's what the kids say. I'm a hip kind of preacher and so I use the language of the people for a minute. Right? Is that how you I use it? Right? Just for a minute. Because they experience need, but they don't experience it long. But they experience need. They, the, the, their needs are met. What I want you to see is the wealthy, chapter 4, verse 34, are not forced to sell what they have. They just, because of the gospel, they, they, they all do choose to sell it. They're not forced to do it. This isn't a government thing that says, you must do this. This is a Christ has done this for me, and therefore, of course, I'm going to do this for them. We'll see this in chapter 5, verse 4. Peter says to Ananias and Sapphira, you didn't have to to sell this. You didn't have to give us anything. The problem is that you lied about it. You acted like you were going to do all this, but but, but you did not do what you said you were doing. Verse 35 of chapter 4. Notice, though, as they see a need among them, as those who are wealthy and have more, as they see a need rise up among them in the church they say to themselves, I don't need two houses. I really don't need two acres. My brother actually needs food and housing. Again, I want you to see this. I want to make this point. I want to make this point. Look in verse 34. As many... As many as had more than they need, they they needed, they, they gave. As many as. You understand what percentage of the people did this? As many as had more than they needed, they gave it when they saw the need. And then, but look at verse 35. As any had need. I want to make this point. The gospel does not just make the wealthy, generous. The gospel makes the needy honest. The gospel makes the needy honest. If you believe in Christ, then you are saying, I have nothing before God. I have no righteousness. I am in complete need. Someone's got to save me. I can't show my good works as if they're better than other people, as if that's enough. I'm totally needy. I'm totally desperate. Christians are those who don't hide need. And I want to encourage us from this passage to expose our needs. So the those who had more than they needed didn't sell something until they, a need arose. Because this is the open and honest these are people who don't say, I'm so powerful, I'm so great, I don't need anything, including prayer, including encouragement, including time with other people. We should be honest about our need. Don't hide your need. Don't act when you come in here. Don't If it's not been a good week, don't say it's been a good week. If you need prayer, don't do it by yourself. We should expose. Exposing of need is normal for Christians, and not just physical need, but also physical need. As any had a need, that was made known. And then those who had more than they needed would sell it to give it. This isn't communism. But beware of your heart's response to the gift of capitalism. Beware and be wise. The Bible is full of examples of us receiving good gifts from God and our hearts ruining it. Capitalism is a gift. I believe it's a gift. Can you hear me? Most of us have far more than we need. And just because we live in the kind of country where we can keep it doesn't mean we're handling the good gift of God the way that we should. The Christian attitude about what I have earned, Christian, your attitude about what you have earned must be different than the average American. Be careful. You're not just American on this. Salvation tells us the things that I worked for, God gave me. God gave me all of it. And my use of everything should please Him. The Christian attitude is, this is not the American attitude, the Christian attitude is, nothing is actually mine. My stuff is His. And none of this stuff, none of it is just for me. It is for us. Imagine hand with holding a sandwich the hand just holding on to that sandwich likes to look at that sandwich likes to feel the bread just withholding that sandwich God put the sandwich in the hand for the nutrition of the whole body if that hand keeps on holding that sandwich That hand's going to be a skeleton. Give up the sandwich, Christian. Give it up. Can you believe that God has always intended that what He entrusted to you would not be consumed by you? Consumed, like all of it. All of it just for you. Do you believe that you are in possession of things that God has actually always intended for that needy brother or sister who is among you? The stomach is not the only one who benefits from the sandwich. The hand needs that sandwich not to be held. This kind of life that they're living It gives life not just to the poor. It gives life to all who are in Christ. And it then spreads the gospel. Chapter 6, verse 1. Day by day, more and more being saved. Because all of a sudden, the world sees something different. Different than the American, natural, worldly handling of belongings. They see, my God look at what Christ has done to loosen that hand. What power there is in the gospel. And then more want to be a part of that. I wonder if you can accept this truth that it's good for you if you're someone, you're you're all someone. Even if we're not talking about money, every one of you has more than you need of things. Can you believe that the mindset and a, a lifestyle that, that lives this out is good for you? I know m- many of you do believe that. Many of you have modeled this for me. I, even in the last couple of weeks since we've been back from sabbatical, I've seen several of you just in my own life meet needs. I've seen over the years, I've seen you embrace and live this out. And if, if. God's word falls upon you this morning and it sounds right and it sounds like uh, you just want to do more of this, then you should be encouraged that the gospel is something you cherish and that that is a gift of of God, that He is at work in your heart. You should be encouraged in the faith if if you're drawn to this kind of life. Barnabas brought to them what belonged to him. Did you see three times we have this phrase? verse 35, verse 37, chapter 5, verse 2. They laid it at the apostles' feet. They laid it at the apostles. He brought to them what belonged to him. I, I think there's a principle here that ministers, like in verse 33, who are devoted to the gospel, devoted to spreading the kingdom of Christ, they are worthy of being entrusted with these resources. So, little heads up some of you know this but um, there's a couple new fixtures that I would like to see in this room that we 're moving in the direction of having in this room one would be a crown back here um, uh, the crown as you see uh, in, in in the logo that the reason we took on that logo is because it's the crown of thorns that's become the crown of glory so it has the cross and the resurrection both in there so it's a richer gospel we would love we would love there um, that would be one thing we would like to see happen in uh, this room. There's another thing. Uh, I wonder if Kenny could bring in the box. We, we're thinking about br- putting a box. want to bring the box, Kenny. It's a bring to them what belong to you box. Um, so this is my idea. That we would have a box up here. I know you all have more than you need. Something I'm thinking you can just lay it all at my feet every Sunday morning. Not really. We're not going to bring the box. I'm serious about the crown, but not the box. Uh, I do, <laughs> I do, Kenny's just standing back there. He hates not being there for me. And uh, where's the box? You tell me where it is, I'll bring it right up. Right, there he's got it. Um, just bring all you, I know y'all have stuff you don't need. Laid at my feet. Uh, pray for the elders of this church. Pray for the elders of this church. That we might have this kind of faithfulness with the gospel. That we might be trustworthy. I think by God's grace, I'll just say it for Mickey, I think he is. Uh, I think he's, he is Adam Cooper. But that our, our spending of the church's resources would, would do this, would spread the testimony of Christ. I want to listen again to that ancient conversation. Son, your righteousness is for them. And their debt is for you. Will you go? And if you're a Christian, your name is there. Son, your righteousness is for, fill in your name. And fill in your name. Your debt is for Christ. And Jesus said, I'll go. Aren't you moved? What will you do? God doesn't want to meet the needs of his children through the world. He doesn't want to meet the the needs of his children through the welfare system. Even through loving but godless family members. Not, 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 not through some government system that's better than others, some Whatever. Those things are gifts. I think he's using them. But they're not replacements. And this gets really practical. It was really practical for them. Whether you and I will live this out will become evident or not in what we do when these people have a need. Now... When these people have a need, I'm not saying you should feel guilty if you can't meet that need. Not everyone is called to meet every need. But, but, but he said none, none were in need for, verse 34, those who can meet the need did meet the need. I'm not saying you can meet every need. Now, every person can meet every need, but those who can meet the need did meet the need. What do you have? Notice I didn't ask you if you have a lot. What do you have? What financial resources do you have? But beyond that, what friends do you have? What other resources? What, what, house do you have? What time do you have? What skills or gifts from God do you have? Are you going to live like you claim, like you believe? Those things are your own to do whatever you want with them. Every asset that a Christian has is a trust fund. I don't know if I'm using that term properly. Okay? I don't know. (laughs) And I hope it comes through even if I don't know. So if you know I'm wrong, I don't need to know I'm wrong. Every asset a Christian has, maybe like a trust fund. You are a trustee. That is, you, you have holdings that are meant for beneficiaries that are not you. You're a trustee. When God distributed this resource, whatever it is, time, money, gifting, when He distributed that and He said, I'm going to give it to you, He placed it in your possession in trust for them. It is not yours. This is the way He works. To get this resource to that daughter, I'm giving it to this brother. That he's supposed to always give to her. I want us to close in consideration of the Great Commission. The Great Commission, where we get the word missions. The end of the Great Commission. Make disciples, baptizing them, and teaching them to obey all that I have commanded. Christ ascended to heaven... Not just to make you feel good about the day of judgment. He went to heaven to take earth, to take it. And he does that through churches where disciples are taught to obey. This is missions. You teach the disciples and to obey. Everything that he's commanded. That's missions. That's the mission. This is why the Brazos River Ministers Association is so important to foreign missions. We're used to foreign missions just thinking in terms of other nations. We should think that way, but it's a broader term. Foreign, just think of outside of you, the churches outside of ours. We've been given a heart from the gospel that is concerned that those churches teach their members everything that Christ has commanded, but then also hold each other accountable and help them to obey all that Christ has commanded, because that's what it means to be a disciple. This is why Simeon Trust, going to train pastors who preach in churches how to train and handle the word well, is right at the heart of foreign missions. And you should give toward those ends. Let me give you a couple more ministries that I believe that God is calling Redeemer Church to give ourselves to. And all that we lack is resources. And here I'm talking about money. I believe that God is calling Redeemer Church to a couple of ministries. And it won't happen without resources. Number one is this counseling ministry. This is my vision. This is our vision, the elders' vision. I'm not saying it's my vision. I think this is biblical we live in a place where people are struggling in secret. They're, they're calling themselves Christians and they, even though they may, have never, they may have never known Christ. And so they handle their marriage in a Christless way. They handle their, their temptations toward addiction in a Christless way. They handle their depression in a Christless way. And yet they think that they're fine with Christ or they are fine with Christ. And yet they don't know what he has to do with these things. Here comes counseling. We want to use the resources, the word ministry of this church to go out to the community and people who are suffering and say, this is what Christ can do. He can help you. He has compassion upon you. He can change your marriage. He can can rescue you from this hopelessness. The reason that is related to money is because it would be far easier to get that word of the gospel out more with an associate pastor. With an associate pastor. So we have another associate pastor. We've got more resources to spend more time, not just counseling in our church, but then going out with the mission. The second thing is a pastoral internship. A pastoral internship. You won't ever hear me not talking about this. I don't mean an internship where where some intern gets me coffee. I mean an internship where the elders of this church and the members of this church are helping to raise up faithful men who will then pass on the good deposit of the gospel, who will learn how to pastor churches in our area. New Testament missions is this. Christ is spreading His rule Not just through individuals hearing the gospel and believing the gospel, but look in the book of Acts, it's through churches. So whenever you are asked to send money overseas, I'm not saying you shouldn't send money overseas, but whenever you're asked to send money overseas, do not forget that there's a real need for a pure church in Bryson and in Breckenridge and in Jacksboro and in Albany. And... Money given toward that, training up pastors who might go then pastor in those areas, that is better than sending money for water. It is, as John Piper said. I'm about, yeah, Christians should be about relieving the needs of people, especially spiritual needs. So a faithful church is even more important than building the building where they would meet in. Amen? Amen? Thank you. you also just want me to finish, and I'm about to finish. Now, I don't want to ask for a special offering for those things. I don't want us to send out a letter for you to support those things. I may do that. If you make me do it, I don't want to do it. Because, here's the truth, for the believer, for the believer, every dollar is already designated. And sending out those kinds of letters and, and having those kinds of special offerings assumes something about you. I don't want to assume it. I don't want to assume that you've got all this money that you're keeping back for selfish reasons. Because, and, and I'm just asking for a little bit more of that piece of the pie. I just assume you've got more money. You're not giving what you should. Or you're approaching your money in an ungodly way. I don't Every dollar is designated... Because every dollar we have was given from God and for His purposes. So let's be people who view every dollar that way. And I want to encourage you from this sermon to think, can I give more? And, and the question really is, and we'll see this next week, am I keeping back? It's, not, it's a shift in mindset. Am I holding back for myself more than I should be? My hope is that the Lord would use this so that we can see the gospel go out and more would be saved and more would be sanctified. What we believe is evident in what we do with our belongings. Oh God, we pray that you would help us to see the truth of this that your gospel would so affect us that we would say my belongings are for my fellow brothers and sisters and they're not just for me. No, we pray that this, any change would not be motivated by guilt. We pray that it would all be motivated by the gospel. We pray that we would be a church that really believes this and that really believes that none of the dollars are just mine to do whatever I please with. They're all for your pleasure and you've told us what pleases you. And that's the spread of the fame of your son and the rescue of more sinners. And they're not just sinners in Asia. They're sinners in our county and the surrounding counties who need the gospel. So God, would you use us to give it to them? And we ask all this in the name of Jesus. Amen.